Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good morning to everyone. Shea Cornette and Jordan Cornette filling in. Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Eve. We're one sleep away. One sleep away. We've made it almost. We're right there. Right at the finish line. You just got to get through like 24, 12 more hours. And then and then we're there. 2020. And you can kiss my behind. Because <laughs> we are not looking back. Once we put 2020 to bed, gone. Yeah. We're out. 2021, we are going to thrive. Not you. Not just you, not just me, all of us. Yes, I Driving in 2020. That's the kind of energy I want to keep throughout the next four hours. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. And all guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. So the question we're asking this morning is, what do you want your team to leave behind in 2020? So I don't know who your team is out there. For me, it's the Chicago Bears, born and raised in Chicago. Jordan's from Cincinnati. His is the Cincinnati Bengals. Those are his, you know, those are our two teams. So, We'll tell you later what we want to leave behind in I'll 2020. You, I'll give you a hint. It has something to do with this gold helmet I'm holding that oh, I believe. Also, might, I should have said that. I said Bengals, but I'm sorry. Fighting Irish to, uh, is also your team. My colleague and good friend, Mike Golick Jr., I think this might have been one of his helmets. Notre Dame's got a big one tomorrow, in case you forgot. A CF piece in my final, that Rose Bowl versus Alabama, and we know what the narrative is. Yes. Don't, don't say what it's it just, is right I'm now. Just, I'm just You're setting, setting the table. table. Okay. So, if you want to tell us what you want to leave your team behind in 2020, the phone number is 888-729-3776. It's 888-SAY-ESPN. Give us a ring. Tell us what you want to leave your team behind in 2020. And, and you can't have, like, five answers. What you want your team to leave behind. Yes. What you want Not your what team. team you want to leave behind. What you well, want your team Well, maybe it's one and the same. I don't know. Behind. I don't know. Um, all right. With that being said, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Week 17... In the NFL is coming up on Sunday. Another thing we've almost made it through is an entire NFL regular season, which is really exciting news. And so there are five AFC teams right now that are fighting to get into the playoffs, and all of them are at 10 and 5. But there are only four spots. So the five teams you've got are the Titans, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Colts. Those five teams are just trying to find a way to win and get in. Not everyone can win and get in because two of these teams play each. Well, the rate, I'm sorry, the Browns play the Steelers, the Dolphins play the Bills, the Titans play the Texans, the Colts play the Jags. So, Jordan Cornette, I ask you of these five teams, which do you think is most poised to go on a playoff run, as in get in and win more than one game? This is tough. It's tough because all these teams have kind of packaged themselves all together, and it's hard to discern which one stands a shoulder above the rest in this pack of teams. You know how hard I've been riding with these Colts for the majority of this season, and at 10-5, and five, second in the AFC South, there's a lot of reasons to feel good about them. But their defense, which I've always led with, I've always talked about how it's a top-five defense, it's taken a dip, and it's still a top-10 defense, no question, but as I look at the Colts' defense and the drop-off since week 11, it's been concerning with how they defended the pass. We saw how Ben Roethlisberger in that stagnant offense was able to go off and overcome a 17-point deficit in the second half to ultimately beat the Colts in stunning fashion. That being said, it gave me a little bit of pause. I do still believe the Colts are dangerous. But when you talk about danger, when you talk about being dangerous, you're talking about a team in the right now, it's got to be the Baltimore Ravens. has to be. And you've heard the sound that they just played before they came into the show of me saying the Ravens are are as hot a team as you could say the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs in the last four or five games. 
and it's because Lamar Jackson has returned to MVP form since returning back uh, from COVID and COVID protocols and getting back on the field. He is completing uh, passes at a higher percentage. He is getting those legs going and making things happen. The number one rushing attack in the NFL leads with him, and they've got a championship defense. They're playing their best football at the right time. And so I'd have to say Baltimore right now because Baltimore is poised to face whom? They're they're poised to face uh, which team in the playoffs because I know the Colts. The Steelers. The Steelers. And the Colts would be headed towards Buffalo, and I don't like that matchup. Okay, yes. So as of right now, this could all change, of Of course. Of course. As of right now, it looks like the best probability is that the Ravens would face the Steelers. However, I think that is only if the Steelers lose this weekend to the Browns. And and so I won't even get into the matchup because we don't know what the matchup's going to be. What I do know is the Colts – are, are taking a dip defensively, where the Ravens are on an uptick offensively. Uh, a guy who's the reigning MVP in Lamar Jackson is putting together in the last four games MVP-esque numbers, and their defense is comparable to the Colts. So I'd have to say the Ravens right now. Okay, so this whole year I have been beating the drum for the Tennessee Titans. It has been the team that I think will be the team to beat in the playoffs. However, as it stands right now, I think they're going to have a tough time beating teams throughout the playoffs if they even get in. I know this weekend they played the Texans, a team they played close earlier this season. Um, However, they have a little bit more of an uphill battle than some of these other teams. All that to say is I'm going to jump on board with you and I'm going to say the Ravens as well. However, I have great pause in doing this because as we know, Lamar Jackson has struggled in big games, especially in the postseason. Hasn't won one. He hasn't won one. And there have been moments like last year where the Titans, speaking of, go to play the Ravens, and it's as if they didn't know Derrick Henry was on the football team, and he ran all over the Ravens, and so they go in this offseason and they bolster up their run game, and so now they look like defensively, offensively, they have everything clicking at the right time, and no one's going to surprise them. No run game, no pass game, no defense, nothing is going to come at the Ravens and surprise them. So I would like to take the Ravens. However, I'm going to say this. I do not think, I do not think that the Dolphins are going to beat the Bills this weekend. The Bills are 6-1 and one against the Dolphins since Sean McDermott took over as head coach of the Bills. So it, it, it doesn't look good. By the way, Miami did beat the Bills earlier this season in a close game with Ryan Fitzpatrick start at the quarterback position. I don't think it's going to go that way again for Miami. But if the Dolphins get in, which they can still do if one of these other teams loses— Miami, I think, could surprise some people. I just think it's just such... because of the unknown at the quarterback position. You don't know when Ryan's coming in. You don't know when two is going but out. But that's a bad thing to me. That's fine. I think the unknown there. You're talking about it from the the um, vantage point of a defense. Who do you prepare for? I'm Correct. looking at it for identity's sake, and for the same reason we like the Ravens. It's because they've established their identity. They yep. know who they are. They know how they've won games in the past, and they've. They've captured that again. They packaged that up in the bottle, and they found that lightning going into the most important part of the season, the postseason, whereas the Dolphins are looking like, is Tua our guy? Is Fitzpatrick our guy? Going back to the Titans, though, the team that I'm so happy you finally abandoned going into the postseason because their numbers defensively. You can't win with the numbers defensively from the Tennessee Titans. You just can't. You can't be last in pressure getting to the quarterback. You can't be last on getting off the field on third downs. When you can't do those two things and you're really bad against the pass and you're really bad defending in the red zone, when you're not stopping and you're just giving up six almost every time in that space, I can't have faith in you because Derrick Henry can only take you so far. And Ryan Tannehill 
bless his heart for how he's played. He's earned the contract, and he's played really good football this year. But I just feel like when it comes down to it, and we saw it in Green Bay, he needs that run game to be established, and he needs everything to be propped up nicely for him to truly shine. And he's not one of those quarterbacks. I know what he did in the postseason last year. He played really well. But I don't think he can repeat that performance of, hey, everything is frenzied around you. There's some turbulence. Go get it done. I do not think he can do that this postseason. And I think that was glaringly obvious versus a Green Bay team that put up points. Pressure was on him to keep up, and he could not. I agree with you. I I also think going to Green Bay is is kind of a hard bar to put this up against. But their defense has proved to be vulnerable. 40 points for Green Bay. And if you can't establish Derrick Henry, you're right. If he's a non-factor, the Titans are a non-factor. I say all this, and then I'm going to watch the Titans go on a run, and then I'm going to kick myself because I didn't just stick to my gut. But I want to go back to the Miami Dolphins because you're like, what they're doing is a bad thing for me. They have won four (laughs) out of their last five games, Jordan, and their only loss came against the Chiefs in what was a close one. Given this formula that Brian Flores has put together – with Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. But again, I do not think that they are going to win this weekend against the Bills. They're 6-1, and one, the Dolphins are. The Bills beat them earlier this season in a close game with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. But I do think if they get in, which they could with another loss somewhere else, that they could be sneaky good. The fact that they're that getting in is why we really like Coach Flores to be Coach of the Year. What a job he's done in the last two seasons. With that Dolphins program. No doubt. Um, Franchise. Very quick turnaround. Uh, Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Coming up, which NFC East team has the most to gain in the playoffs? Not which team do you think is going to make it. Which NFC East team has the most to gain should they make the playoffs? Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We are Shay and Jordan Cornette filling in for the guys this morning on New Year's Eve. So we're asking you, of the three NFC East teams that are yet 
to be able to make the playoffs, essentially. Again, they have to win and get in. The Washington football team wins and gets in because they are the front runner right now. Should the Washington football team lose, then it's down to the Cowboys and the Giants. So we're asking you not who you think is going to win because we talked about that yesterday. Which team has the most to gain by making the playoffs? This can be kind of convoluted. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance and all guests. Join us on the Goodyear Hotline. So, do you want me to go first this time? Yeah, go ahead if you'd like to. Okay, I'm going to go first. Um, who do I think is going to get in? That would be the Washington football team. I said that yesterday. Who do I think has the most to gain? Because they control their own destiny. Correct. Who do I think has the most to gain? The Giants. Like, without a doubt. Without in my a mind. doubt. Without a doubt in my mind. Why? They have a new head coach. They have new schemes on both offense and defense. They have a new secondary. They've had COVID-19 issues. They don't have Saquon Barkley. Should I keep going? Daniel Jones is trying to figure out a way not to turn the ball over and become a better starting quarterback. I could keep going. Oh, yeah, their defense was top 10 in scoring defense, by the way, and has gotten better, I feel like, every single week. Yes, they've had their moments where they don't look to be as dominant when they're playing certain teams. There's been a lot of close games for these Giants. But back to their defense, they don't have a single starting player on that side of the ball that's over the age of 30. They're young. And Joe Judge went into New York with a mindset that he was going to change the culture. Things were going to be done his way. It was kind of this Bill Belichick that's the tree comes from mentality. There was going to be no nonsense. Didn't do things traditionally, which I like. Daniel Jones, you know, during training camp, didn't have to wear the red jersey. If he was going to get tackled lightly, he was going to allow that. The guys are running laps now. It's just a different kind of vibe now with these Giants, and I'm here for it. And instead of laying down and losing a game and possibly getting a higher pick in a draft, if these Giants went on to go into the playoffs, even if they lose in the first round, it's a different kind of mentality that Joe Judge is trying to instill in these guys. And I think going forward, that would only benefit a very young group, a very young quarterback who is trying to learn how to win games in important times. So for me... It would be the Giants. It's interesting you 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 go with the Giants because I, I may ultimately end up agreeing with you. What we can definitely agree upon is it's not Dallas. It's not Dallas because Dallas is expected to be competing for Super Bowls. And, and I know there's been a lot of attrition there with injury, most especially starting at the quarterback position with Dak Prescott. But there's still a lot of talent on the roster. They're the most talented team. That's why I pegged them back around Thanksgiving to find their way to be the best team in this bad division and ultimately win it. This is a low bar for Dallas to simply squeeze into the playoffs. It's not good enough, so it's not it's not them that I look to. It's like the as, same scenarios last year, too. True. So it's an underachieving franchise as of late, so they're out of this. Okay. Then it becomes Washington or the New York football giants because both teams have a first-year coach. Both teams are trying to establish a culture there. Uh, both teams are, are trying to figure out what their identity is. It's very clear with Washington the identity is that defense. Of course. That is a wrecking crew. That is a disruptive unit led by Chase Young. Montez Sweat has been great. There's a lot of different pieces on that defense uh, that have put them in the position to possibly make the playoffs. Giants have a great defense as well. And and when you look at Washington, starting from the top with Dan Snyder, all the turmoil, all the controversy, um, all the reckless behavior, call it what it is, Mm -hmm. uh, Ron Rivera has brought class, He's brought resiliency as he battles cancer going through chemo this season. They've dealt with Dwayne Haskins and his immaturity, and yet still they're on the precipice of delivering something. You'd love to see it for Ron Rivera. It'd mean a lot for his first year to be punctuated with the playoff. That being said, I don't think Washington has their quarterback on the roster of the future. Daniel Jones is the future 
for the New York football giants. You want your future, your franchise quarterback, to get a taste of the playoffs. So both teams young, both teams with first-year coaches, both teams for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, it'd behoove them to get to the playoffs and it'd be greatly beneficial for the future. But one has a young quarterback who needs to experience these playoffs. And Washington, I don't think it's going to be Alex Smith moving forward. Pretty sure it's not going to be Taylor Heineke moving forward. It is going to be Daniel Jones moving forward. He needs this. Joe Judge needs this to say, hey, New York, we're going this way. We've got our defense. We're going to get healthier. Daniel Jones is this guy. And because they have the young quarterback that needs this more than Washington, who doesn't know who their quarterback of the future is, it's most beneficial. I agree with you with the New York football Giants. And in that same vein, and I, I and Joe Judge, I think, would do a good job of this. Again, just to reiterate, we are not saying which team in the NFC East we think is going to get into the playoffs. We think which team would benefit the most, most. from getting into the playoffs, and both of us agreed be the Because New York all of Giants. them are going to benefit. Who's going to benefit, benefit the, the most? Of course. So I had this kind of issue when I was covering the Bears in Chicago two seasons ago when they made the playoffs and they lost in the first round to the Philadelphia Eagles on the double doink. We all remember this. Oof. And I remember realizing then that it was almost as if these Bears and the fan base and everyone else surrounding surrounding the franchise felt like the Bears had arrived. They had a really good season that year. They went on to the playoffs, but then they lose in the first round. Yet still there was this mentality like, Who's going to beat us? We're the best. Whereas if the Patriots at the time, not this year, but at the time, had done the same thing, had a good season, gone to the postseason, and lost their first game of the postseason, that would have been considered a failure. Two very different franchises who have had two very different pasts as of late in terms of making the playoffs. What I know Joe Judge would approach this as if the Giants were to get in, and if they won one or lost one, it wouldn't matter. This team has not yet arrived. You have just simply been gifted an opportunity to get into the playoffs, and this is a building block. But that I know you like chuckle at it, but sometimes these dudes that are young, they don't realize that like just because you're in and you win a playoff game or you snuck yourself into the playoffs doesn't mean you're a good football team. It means the chips just kind of winch your way, but you've got a lot to build off of. And I, I hope and I know that Joe Judge would have that mentality with this group, and that is why I'm saying I think they could only benefit from being able to get in. And you're going to be – of course they haven't arrived, Shay, because you're going to be looking at a team with a losing record entering the playoffs. A losing record is going to be the team representing the NFC East. And why people are going to be laughing at the expense of the NFC East throughout the season on into these playoffs, whoever the team is that comes out to represent and does play in these playoffs. Keep this in mind as you make these jokes and as you take lightly the NFC East representative, whomever it is. The last two times in the playoffs, the last two times in the playoffs when a team with a losing record has entered the playoffs – You know what they've done? Won. They have won. Yep. The last two times a team with a losing record has gone into the playoffs, probably disrespected, probably not taken serious, looked at as being gifted, they've gone out there and they've won a playoff game. So don't take lightly whoever comes out of the NFC East because history has shown they are dangerous. Yeah, no doubt. If it is the Washington football team, especially if they get Alex Smith back under center, I think he just runs that offense more smoothly. So we're asking you because it is New Year's Eve. What do you want your team, whoever team that, whatever team that is that you follow, you love, you adore, to leave behind in 2020? I'm a Bears fan. Jordan's a Notre Dame fan. These are our two teams. We have something we want Bengals them to leave too. behind in 2020. Yeah, but your your example is more from from Notre Dame. So Hunter is here on the call online. The phone number is eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six eight 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 say ESPN. He's in North Carolina. Let's hear what you want to leave behind in 2020. First, Hunter, tell me what your team is, and then what you want them to leave behind. Well, I'm a North Carolina Tar Heels fan, so I'm excited about football season. 
you know, I'm actually heading down to Miami in a couple of days. Let's go. But uh, basketball-wise, I am uh, tired of losing close games. Well, I'm, I'm tired of losing in general. You know, we're kind of spoiled here in Chapel Hill, but I'm just tired of losing close games. I think we, I saw last night we're 50-50 and 50 in our last 100 games. I'm not used to that with Roy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Hunter, but, Hunter, Hunter, I got worse news for you. North Carolina in 2020, 11-18. It's tied with 2002 for the worst record in a calendar year in the history of the program. UNC's program dates back to 1910. So they want to put 2020 behind them and hopefully go to greater heights in 2021, no question. Good luck to you, Hunter. Yeah, Hunter, we appreciate the call on the Goodyear hotline. Again, you can give us a call on that Goodyear hotline, 888-729-3776, 888-ASPN. What do you want your team to leave behind in 2020? We'll give ours in just a little bit. Coming up next, Jordan will tell you why he thinks it would be inexcusable for the Browns to lose to the Steelers this week. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on your ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. You can just tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We are Shay and Jordan Cornette filling in on New Year's Eve. Guys, we've almost made it. 2020 is almost in the books. We're almost to the last weekend of the regular season in the NFL. Turning the page. Um, No, we're turning the page. We're ripping that thing up. We're throwing it in the fire, and we're burning it. Okay. And we're never talking about it ever. All right, okay. 2020 was bad for a lot of reasons for a lot of people. Awful. But we did have, like, in case you don't know, Jordan and I are married. We did have some bright spots this year. And everybody should be encouraged to find those. And I'm sure if you think long and hard, there has to be a few days, a few moments, a few memories that you don't wish to rip up and burn. Here's the thing. You go through trials and tribulations and you're better off for them in life. We're all going to be better off on the other side of this for getting through 2020. We're still standing uh, and that's what we do as a civilization and as human beings and as Americans. And that's where we're going to go. We're going to put 2020 behind us. Fine. I don't have to set it on fire. We'll look at it and say we got through yeah. it. But welcoming, this was a bad page. welcoming 2021 is what we're I'm all try- about. I'm trying here. to be positive today, okay? We're going to be uh, positive because we, we're going. Go, that's true. I'm usually actually, I really am pretty a pretty positive person. Not anybody, to pat myself on the back, but to pat myself Anybody on the back. who tells you that they are something means it's up in the air if they really are that. You, you don't need to say you're positive. You're a very positive person. You don't need to convince us. I was going to say something mean there, but I, I refrained. Why would you? Because I'm being positive and happy today on the last day of 2020 heading into 2021. Because what do you say about the new year? You want to enter, everyone out there, you want to enter the new year thinking that that's how you're going to finish it. So I'm spending this time with you. I'm here at ESPN. I'm here with my friends on the production team here at Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. 
That's how I want to enter a new year because I hope to finish it in the same kind of way with you. That's why we agreed working, to work today. <laughs> working here at ESPN and being the, the fill-ins that we are, filling in for the A-listers <laughs> for whatever show out here needs us. <laughs> exactly. So you want to leave or you want to start a new year the way you want to leave it. So we want to go into 2021 with a happy, positive mindset. I enter think it how you hope to finish it. Okay, um, and the Browns are going to hope to enter 2021 on a positive mindset as well. They got a tall task ahead of them playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know Big Ben Roethlisberger is not going to start on Sunday against the Browns. I get it. It's Mason Rudolph. And there might be one, two, three more starters that Mike Tomlin decides to sit ultimately because the Steelers have already clinched a spot in the AFC in the playoffs. The Browns have a tall task in front of them. It's a win-or-get-in situation. You actually wouldn't have even been in this situation, and maybe you could have been resting some of your starters had you just taken care of business against the Jets. Didn't happen. You didn't have any receivers. It was last minute. I get it. I gave you a pass for that, Browns. But now, now you got to show up. you got to show up against the Steelers team that lost to the Bengals just a few weeks ago. No offense, Jordan. So there is a blueprint for how to beat these guys. However, the Browns have lost 12 straight games to the Steelers in the final game of the season. Additionally, the Browns have not won a Week 17 game since 2009. It's been a minute since they closed the season and they closed their new year on a high note. This weekend, this Sunday, means more to Cleveland than probably any other team in the entire NFL. It's got to happen. It's not a tall task. It's actually set up. It's actually gift-wrapped to Baker Mayfield and these 10-5 and Browns for this to happen. Your receivers return back from COVID protocol. You are the superior team in this matchup. Heck, even with Big Ben playing, I would say I might would probably take the Browns, and that's because of how I look at the Steelers. But that's beside the point. Ben Roethlisberger ain't playing in this game. Ben Roethlisberger is the Hall of Fame quarterback. He is, as much as the defense is the identity, Big Ben is the identity. Mason Rudolph is the starting quarterback. Mike Tomlin came out there and tried to disguise as best he could that he was resting his talent to protect them for the postseason. Probably because he's afraid of Miles Garrett. I ain't mad at him. It's a smart play. But Mike Tomlin went so far as to mention there may be one or two other guys that don't play. Are they going to be high-impact guys like T.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward? Is it going to be guys like that? Regardless of if it is, it's a must-win game for one team, the Cleveland Browns. 18 years since they've been in the postseason. So much hype surrounding this team because of the talent on both sides of the football, on the defensive side at every level. Baker Mayfield as this franchise polarizing quarterback. Mm -hmm. All the talent with the targets. That elite running game. This is a resting Steelers team. It's being gift-wrapped to you to make the playoffs. This would be implosion. Absolute implosion if Cleveland doesn't do this. And you want to know why? Because a week ago they faced a one-win New York Jets team. And I get it. You that were was more the present. You were without your wideout. So that was going to be a grinding-type game. But you didn't get it done. And it was a one-win Jets team. You gave them their second win. With what was on the line for your team, it's inexcusable to have another snafu in back-to-back weeks. Imagine going out, being left in the cold from these playoffs, because you couldn't beat a one-win Jets team no matter how shorthanded you were, and then you couldn't turn around and beat a Steelers team without their starting quarterback in Big Ben, and it's Mason Rudolph. Throw in the history of last season with Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph, there's motivation there, and you don't even need motivation. 
It's 18 years of not being in the postseason. It's punctuating all the expectation and the hype by getting here. It's Baker Mayfield showing the world, I'm the franchise quarterback of this organization, and you better keep my name out of your mouth. But you know what he does? Opens up the door to a whole lot of hate, a whole lot of negativity and criticism if they cannot win this game. There's a lot of pressure on the Cleveland Browns in this situation, and it, and it really is an expectation to win this game. And if you don't deliver, oh boy. Last time we saw Mason Rudolph was week 12 of 2019 against Cincinnati. Jay, maybe you remember it. He was 8 of 16 for 85 passing yards and an interception. And on top of that, he was benched in the third quarter for Duck, or week is real name is Delvin Hodges. Remember it's Duck du- Hodges? Yeah. Who can forget Duck okay, Hodges? Okay, exactly. He was benched in the third quarter for Duck Hodges, okay? And then Duck Hodges took over and started the last five games of the season for Pittsburgh. They have to win this game. That There's no way tell around you, it. And that was against the Bengals. That should tell you everything you need to know about Mason Rudolph. I, I can promise you and this. I'm, I, I, that's not fair for me to take that kind of shot, but I'm just saying it's a winnable game for the Browns. Winnable, it's an expected game for them to win. And, and I'm curious to hear what the pulse would be in Cleveland if they don't win this game that's being gift-wrapped to them. I understand the Steelers still have a defense that can wreak havoc and cause problems, but we don't know how they're going to treat the starters and the big-name front-facing players in a game like this. You're resting Big Ben. You're protecting him. I imagine they're going to do that with some other key spots and key positions on the field, which allows even more so for Baker Mayfield to regain confidence coming off of a game lacking all those weapons a week ago versus the Jets, get things going, and not only make the playoffs, but go into them with momentum. Well, let's bring in someone that's very close to the Browns in proximity and knows this team really well. That's Aaron Goldhammer, ESPN 850 in Cleveland. He joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning to you, Aaron. Thanks for being with us. So we're having this discussion, this debate about what's going on this weekend between the Browns and the Steelers. Obviously, the Browns would have probably liked to clinch a playoff spot last week against the Jets. It didn't happen. So what is the pulse right now in Cleveland and of this Browns team as they head into a game against the Steelers team who will not have their starting quarterback under center? Oh, you guys, there's a palpable sense of excitement, even though we can't gather together to watch the game or many of us to go to First Energy Stadium on Sunday. But I think there's also, you know, to be real, a nervousness about this because, You know, Cleveland sports history um, is littered with these circumstances where things seem to turn worst case scenario, Brown's history in particular. And I think Brown's fans are real to the possibility that if the Browns were somehow to blow this without Ben Roethlisberger on the field, to lose back-to-back games for the first time all year to the Jets and then to Mason Rudolph with the history of what happened with Miles Garrett on that Thursday night last year. I mean, that's like a team of writers coming together and coming up with the worst possible case scenario for the way the season would end. So I think people are excited and hopeful that they'll pull it off and win and put the Browns in the playoffs for the first time since 2002. That would be incredible. Um, but I think there's also that little bit of a, a sense of nervousness. And I, I, I guess there's also like this belief like that uh, around the country, people are sort of rooting for that to happen or giggling or laughing. It's sad sack Cleveland that Browns fans might have to stomach that. And, and no, nobody here wants to really tolerate, you know, a week or two of those jokes. So there's a lot on the line uh, for Browns fans and for this team and this organization on Sunday. 
Hey, Aaron, I feel you, man. I grew up in Cincinnati, so I know what you're talking about when you, <laughs> you talk about the jokes being at our expense. So rivals in, in the uh, AFC North, we can come together and kind of commiserate in that regard. Uh, people talking about success or failure for the Cleveland Browns here and how they package this thing. Ten and five, you'd have to say to this point, it has been a success. Does it become a failure if you don't win this game and you're left out in the cold for the postseason? No, probably in the long run, you know, the Browns identified their coach. Uh, Kevin Stefanski is one of the contenders for coach of the year. Um, and I think at least they clarified that Baker Mayfield's going to be their quarterback next year and maybe even beyond that. So where you start to answer some of those questions, where you win double-digit games for the first time in 13 years, I don't think you can call the season a failure, but I would use a different word, which would be disappointment. I think it would be a, a deep cut, a real disappointment if the Browns don't make the playoffs. Um, but if they make it, it is an incredible success, um, considering all the factors that were going against them. You know, new head coach, no offseason, installing a brand new system, when you hadn't been successful and won in so many years, um, I think the I, I, I look at it more that way. And I think it would be, though, a disappointment for them to win 10 games and have to either beat the Jets or Mason Rudolph to make it and not to win either game. That would be really disappointing disappointing we're talking to aaron goldhammer co-host of the really big show at espn 850 in cleveland and we're talking about the browns so you mentioned aaron baker mayfield and i wonder heading into this last game of the regular season how much pressure is on him in regards to his future and the way he is viewed not only in cleveland but across the fan bases in the united states what do you think is he the guy so I think the defining moment of his NFL career right now is the fact that he fumbled on that fourth and inches against the Jets, and he knows it. Baker was surly on a conference call, you know, a Zoom call with reporters yesterday, and I think he realizes what is at stake here, um, which is as much his reputation as it is his future, because I think his future is pretty clear. Um, You know, unless the Browns make a run to the AFC championship game, Okay, they're not going to hand Baker Mayfield the keys to the Brinks truck and start, you know, dumping the Pat Mahomes money all over uh, the progressive commercials with Baker and Emily Mayfield. Okay, Mm -hmm. but I I think that he will get another year here and the Browns are very likely to pick up the fifth year option on his contract. Um, So I, I, I don't I don't think like there's a huge financial stake on Sunday uh, uh, going on with him. But I do think that his reputation is at stake uh, because he's been very up and down this year. I mean, he's had incredible games, incredible halves, four touchdown passes and a half twice this season. But he has also not beaten Baltimore or Pittsburgh this year. And the definition of a franchise quarterback in this town is someone that can take on those foes and win. So I think, you know, Baker knows that his perception around town and nationally of, you know, is he the guy is on the line. He's already lost last year to Duck Hodges in Pittsburgh, to Brandon Allen in Denver, to lose to Sam Darnold and Mason Rudolph in back-to-back weeks is something that would stick with him for a long time, even though, you know, it's not like the Browns would be on the open market looking for a quarterback headed in next year. Aaron, you talk about the trepidation going into this game because it sets up those storylines for a collapse, and that has 
uh, nervousness that's permeating through Cleveland right now. That's understood. But if they were to get over this threshold, they were to make the playoffs, uh, what is your confidence level for them to make a true run in the postseason? Well, do they have everybody back? I mean, I think is the biggest question because when the, the Browns are playing as well, I think, as anybody in the AFC, this side of Kansas City, um, when they actually had their full complement of players. And so I think if they get their guys, they could go on the road somewhere and pull off an incredible upset. Uh, that's one week. you know. I think they could get to the divisional weekend if they have wide receivers, which they didn't have any really uh, against the Jets last weekend. And if they get their offensive linemen back and their linebackers back and so I think those are the really important things for them right now. If they do that, they could pull off one upset. Now, do I think the Browns are a bona fide Super Bowl contender this year? That would really surprise me. Because I think history says you have to get there and lose before you can really make a deep, deep run into February. So, no, I wouldn't put the Browns on my short list of teams that I think could make the run to Tampa but yes, I think they could win a game once they get into the playoffs. And that's sort of the ceiling of the Browns, I think, right now. All right. Aaron Goldhammer, ESPN 850 in Cleveland. Thanks so much for the time and for joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. We'll talk to you soon. Good luck to your Browns this weekend. All right. Wish us luck. I hope America's rooting for it. <laughs> we will do that. Thank you very much and Happy New Year to you. All right, Jay, let's go A to Z. A to Z is brought to you by Redbox. Redbox has new movies at the box and streaming on demand. Don't miss Honest Thief starring Liam Nielsen and Kate Walsh. Visit Redbox.com for all of the ways to watch. All right, Dan Mullen says that Florida could have skipped the Goodyear Cotton Bowl due to lack of players. Among the missing Gators were multiple starters. Their top three receivers were not there. They were all out. So was their star tight end, Kyle Pitts. Grimes, Pitts, and Tony opted out of the game as they prepare for the NFL draft. Copeland was out because he tested positive for COVID-19. So missing a slew of starters, the Gators without four defensive starters as well. Here's Dan Mullen after the game. With the number of people that were out for the game, you know, we, we were under numbers, actually. I mean, to be honest with you, I guess we could have said, we, we you know, I, I give our guys credit. We, we had the numbers to not play the game. Um, you say a lot of games have been canceled and, and not played. But, I, but our young guys, I was really excited. They wanted to go play in that game, and they wanted to get that experience. They want to be on that stage. You know, I, I kind of viewed, I, I, I guess, maybe this is wrong. I, I viewed this game very, that wasn't the 2020 football team that you saw. I mean, they're about 25 guys missing off the 2020 football team out there tonight. No, no, no. That's how I kind of, kind of view this game. Not, not really. I view the, the, the last game, you know, the last team the 2020 team played was 11 days ago. Okay. Um, uh, well, let me, can, can I take this? Yeah, it, really quick, just to put in perspective, the Oklahoma Sooners beat the Florida Gators 55-20 to 20 last night. And that wasn't the most embarrassing performance by a Florida Gator on the field. It was their head coach who's supposed to be a leader that comes out there and makes all these excuses. Could have opted out? Well, coach, you should have opted out then. Because you, you talk about an embarrassing performance for a coach to get up there that's a leader of a program and say, we could have opted out, that wasn't our real team, and to make the comments he did – it's embarrassing to those players. They got outplayed, whether they had their whole team or not. And Dan Mullen, I believe, is 13-38 and 38 against ranked opponents. So maybe look in the mirror 
And, and if you if you would have won this game, you know what you would have said? We came out there. We were ready to play. We were all these things. You weren't. You weren't ready to play. Your team had no answer for a very good Oklahoma team. You were outclassed no matter who you were without. But what you never want to hear from a player is excuses. I hear coaches yell that all the time when people make mistakes. I don't want to hear excuses. Just get it done. He's being paid handsomely to go out there and perform, not make excuses. But this is just another moment in time in this 2020 season when Dan Mullen has left uh, a podium or a field, and I leave scratching my head thinking, why is this guy leading a program? He doesn't seem fit to do so. And this is just another moment in time and an example of that. I'm embarrassed for Dan Mullen, not the team. I'm embarrassed that he came out and said these kind of things. It shows no leadership, shows a lack of culture, and Florida Gator fans should be embarrassed, and I'm sure administration should be embarrassed by comments like this being made. It's well, embarrassing. What does that say, too, about the backups or the guys that were playing? Like, what, we should have forfeited because we're not good enough? I mean, you weren't prepared to play the Sooners. And I assume you had conversation with these guys before the day before the game to know that they weren't playing in this game. So why didn't you make adjustments accordingly? I would have much rather him come out and say, we were embarrassed tonight on the football field. We weren't ready to play. They were the better football that's team on than me. we were. And that's, and that's on, on me. me. How about a coach exactly. coming out there and taking the blame himself? A lot of teams have opt-outs in bowl season, most especially here in 2020. I don't want to hear this wasn't your 2020 team. Your quarterback, who's a Heisman candidate, came out and didn't play very well in the beginning. That was part of this story, too, and right, Oklahoma capitalized right. on it. So, no, 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 no. No excuses. You lost the game. How about a hat tip to Oklahoma and keep it moving, Dan Mullen? Because, quite frankly, I've had enough of hearing from him in this 2020 Fair season. enough. I mean, it, the drama started the minute Kyle Trask turned that ball over, and then the Sooners never took their foot off the gas. Shocked he didn't blame him. I mean, he's, <laughs> he threw blame everywhere else but taking it upon himself. I hear you. All right, Justin Fields sees his draft stock drop. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence is still the number one in Todd McShay's new top 32 prospects, but Justin Fields falls all the way to number nine. It was from number two, and he's the third-rated quarterback after Zach Wilson is now at number eight. You can catch Justin Fields in the All-State Sugar Bowl against Clemson on January 1st. Of course, coverage for both the CFP semifinal games begins at 3 p.m. on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. Here's Mark Sanchez on Fields being better than Wilson. He's 56 touchdowns to eight interceptions. One loss as a starter, 73% completions. He's had two bad games. So I don't know if it's totally fair to evaluate him on a game-by-game basis. Remember, he had an incredible year last year. He's had two rough, rough, rough games this year. And if you're going to put Zach Wilson ahead of him, you've got to go through their whole body of work, right? And not use recency bias with Dwayne Haskins or other players to let that cloud your judgment. Really rare for Ohio State to have a chip on their shoulder, but wow, do they have a lot of it going into the CFP semifinal. Dabo ranks his opponent as 11th in the polls. They're facing him. Justin Fields is diving, taking a nosedive in the uh, draft boards. Ohio State's going to come out there with their hair on fire. Rarely do they have bulletin board material. They do in this. No doubt. Coming up next, I'll tell you why sitting starters this week could come back to bite the Chiefs. That's next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. 
Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.